Previously on AFTN. Uh, you did a couple interviews. Which was your favorite on that episode? Ryan Raposo. <laughs> I know you want me to say you, but no. I can't... Like, people say they can't choose between their favorite child. That's how I look at, at, at you and Steve. It's like it's impossible to, to decide who's my favorite. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, like, if someone put a gun to my head, I mean, clearly Zach... <laughs> Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on 101.9 FM CITR Radio from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. We sadly do not have Zach with us this week. You don't have to make a choice this week. No, I know. I'm not saying he has the coronavirus, but he, he's feeling a little bit unwell. So we have quarantined him out in the interior. and You don't want him anybody sick in, in this kind of studio. No. It's so, so small and everything yes. like that. Plus, I'm flying back to Scotland tomorrow, so yeah. I don't want to, to give a whole plane and then infect Scotland. So best to keep him where he is. You could have been patient zero for Scotland if you oh. were Actually, well, they had they tested four folk there, but they were all negative. Oh. So, yeah, I could have been the first positive. And we're going to try and be positive in this week's show. Not because Zach's not here, that's not why. It's just Steve and me that's going to look at the Whitecaps news of the week and a little bit of Canadian soccer and CPL news sprinkled in as well. Because the boys are back in town, the boys are back in town. And boy, what a busy week it's been in Whitecaps land. These are the weeks we needed during the off-season, yeah, right? <laughs> we've got loads to talk about. The team took to the pitch for the first time in pre-season camp on Monday. They reported it on Saturday, as we mentioned in last week's show, for their medicals and all that kind of stuff. But they hit the pitch on Monday in the rain, although the rain stayed off for a, a big chunk of it. Tuesday, they had their fitness testing, their beep test, and Wednesday with some scrimmages and field drills. Thursday, same again. It felt, from what I saw, like a very intense week from the word go. MDS must have been saving his voice, penting up all his yells. Good to know he hadn't been yelling at his wife in the yeah. off-season because he was in full voice this week, yelling at the players, getting those instructions done, and he was loud, and I've missed hearing him. He's, he's, Mid-season he's four. To... Mid-season four. Oh, yeah. 
when he's in full voice and just telling the players what they want to do, you do what he wants them to do. That's what I would say. But it was good to see them back. But we're going to kind of go over some quick impressions of, of what I saw there and things that we, we've, we've heard this week. Beep test, first of all. No big surprise, I don't think, for anybody that Russell Tybert was, like, really strong in it. Yeah. Andy Rose did well. That was one of the reports. I didn't actually see the beep test this time. Well, I heard uh, Tosin Ricketts did. Uh, won, Ricketts won his, well. his group he, too. He won his group. Yeah. Busty won his group. Andy Rose did well. Ryan Raposo came strong as well. That's good sign. He tested well uh, when he was kind of at the combined thing that they right, had right. in December as yeah. well. So he was one of the, the, the fastest one there. But overall for the week, I, I thought it was a very intense week. We're going to talk about the trialists later on in the show, but... None of them kind of stood out in a way that you would say right away, oh, I definitely have to sign them. But it's first week, they're kind of yeah. settling in. Ryan Raposo as well was a little bit shaky in the first couple of days, came on well, kind of stronger towards the rest of the week. And I guess one of the, the big things for players that was missing was Jasser Kamiri. Oh, really? He was not on the pitch this week. Is that a good I sign or a bad it, sign? Well, I don't think it was because of his hair. Yeah. He is carrying out a slight knock. Oh, is he? So he had same area or different. They, they've been, they've been very quiet. All, okay. all Mark would say on it was they're just being very careful with him. Yeah, because they, they hope to see him on the pitch in in San Diego. Then the thing is, with knee issues like that, there are um, collateral issues too. Like you, you can have a hip issue. You can have like other parts of your body because it's your it's compensating for what the uh, knee was doing before. Yeah, so it could be remember something you like are not a doctor. But no, you, I'm not. You do but like, I've heard of that. You from, do like to play one when you put on that white coat with your wife. No, but well, I've heard that a number of times whenever you hear that. They always come back from this knee injury and then something else pops up. Like uh, yeah. in, uh, a I, little I'm, I'm hoping it is nothing. It's just soreness because, usually. Because, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had this whole off-season where he was ready to go, but no games. It must yeah. have been so frustrating for him. But then hopefully it's nothing too much because I, I want to see this battle for, for centre-back and... We're going to be talking about one of the guys that is up for that battle in, in the next part anyway. But amongst all these guys, we also have some new signed players. And it was what I was wanting a couple of weeks ago when I wanted a kind of a player announced every day. And if they had done that, I was going to strip naked and, and get myself painted. <laughs> Haven't quite done it every day. No, it's too late now. No, and it's too late. I've taken the paint back to, to Cloverdale. Turns out that was the wrong kind of paint. It was a, a real bugger to try and get off. Tuesday, though, saw a 22-year-old Ghanaian midfielder, Leonard Owusu, join the Whitecaps from Israeli Premier League side FC Ashdod. He signed through 2022 with an option for 2023, and he's going to be a TAM player. Now, eh, when I first saw it, I've got to say, I thought, oh, that's a bit of an underwhelming signing because we're waiting for a midfielder. Yeah. And then they announced him and I was like, oh, that's not quite what I was expecting. No, but uh, for me, it was like a guy who can play multiple positions. So, um, you know how we talked about a number of times you want a guy who can play an 8 and a 10 or who can capable of playing a 10 considering MDS doesn't really want a 10 in his system or doesn't really need a 10. Yeah. So this guy... From what I've heard and what I think reports were, that he started out as a number 10, moved back to a number 8, and even played 6 l- yeah. last year. So he's played all over the midfield in the three spots. So when I first heard it, yeah, I was a bit underwhelmed. But yeah. watching his highlights video, yeah. he has some lovely distribution. Yeah. 
Like, he was spraying that ball about Pedro Morelos style. It was like, it, it was that good. Yeah, and, and he's under, like, he's is with, you, you don't want to say he's from Europe because he's from Israel, but Israel teams do play in kind of European yeah. competition, so it maybe is like that. I mean, have had success with a Guinean midfielder, of yeah. course, and Gershon Kofi, although I would say mixed success. But Zach would disagree. So Zach would definitely disagree, but he's not here, so let's go with mixed. inconsistency and yeah, mixed. Sure. But... When I first saw it, I thought, oh, he'll probably just be a depth signing. Yeah. But he's a TAM player. So are you going to be using your TAM on a depth signing? Or are we looking at him as being this guy to to slot in beside Inbom? I think he's right now at the start of the season. If it, there's no issues, uh, you know, fitness-wise or anything, I think he does slot in next to him to start off with. Maybe to ease him in because maybe he's not familiar with MLS. But for me, he's probably their second best central midfielder right now on on paper. And I've got to say, as the week's gone on, I've kind of looked into him a little bit more and watched some videos and stuff. I'm a, I'm a lot more excited than, yeah. than I first was. So I want to see him in some games. We'll hopefully get to see him in some in San Diego, but the, the big test will be maybe in the Portland tournament and we'll kind of see what he's like. In maybe those, he's but... the he's the eventual replacement for Imbom when Imbom, if Imbom gets old yeah. in the Europe in the summertime and some of the fees that were discussed about Imbom are Oh, pretty high, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, talk uh, about possibly recouping the Cavallini. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, fantastic. That, yeah. Let him go now. Yeah, no, but uh, but and then at that point, then they bring in uh, a DP type signing for the central midfield. Oh, yeah, because that, that would position. obviously then free that. Up. Yeah, so, so th- there you go. So that's yeah, where a you're Scotty looking Arfield at. or yeah. something, depending how his Rangers season goes and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting to see how he'll slot in, and really a lot of the dynamics in the team. You're going to have a midfield battle, which. There should be some more midfield pieces to add for sure, and then that should be a good battle. I hope there's some more midfield pieces. Right to now, add. I'm right now. If they start the season with the players they have, I'm kind of okay. I wouldn't mind another player that can is in the uh, Rose Tybert role, like yeah, er, like I th- I think level you need a six. Uh, yeah, but yeah. somebody in that level, like uh, you don't need like to spend too much on a six if you can if you can maybe get something. Uh, somebody within the league. I know Wusu could possibly be yeah. a six as well and go box to box. And but. he'd really be, if he distributes the ball from up high, imagine what he could do from back there. Mm. But if you get somebody from within the league to be that yeah. six, that would be ideal too. So it's it's something they're looking for, for sure. Yeah, and th- th- I mean, there's going to hopefully be a midfield battle because that's what I want to see to these guys to earn places. There's definitely going to be a battle for centre-back. For sure. Now, it was finally confirmed on Wednesday. Eric Godoy is back. All the I's dotted and the T's crossed. Yep. It seemed ages for Colon to to do their signature. I don't know whether they had run out of ink or something down oh. there, but eventually <laughs> they've signed it. No confirmation as to what the transfer was. It had been rumoured to be around one and a half million. I'd also seen like 1.1, 1.2 million. Yeah. No matter what, it's over a million. And it, it's another TAM player as well. Godoy signed through 2022. 2023 is an option. Last year, he made 31 appearances overall in all competitions. He won the Whitecaps Unsung Hero Award. He was ninth in MLS for clearances with 127. And he was three off the MLS single season record for blocks with 32. So, I mean, that's good. Obviously, it's testament as to how much pressure our defence was under at the same time. For sure. But, I mean, 
He had a solid year. And we did talk a little bit about it in last week's show. Had a bit of a wobble in the summer that he struggled to recover. And that that happens in the from, and that happens in the first year for players. From either you struggle right off the bat, or you do end up having uh, you know a rough patch in the middle of the season. Now, my one question is: last year he played the majority with Daniel Henry, who took a lot of the physical parts of being of the back line, like the you know dealing with the uh, star strikers and stuff like that. Godoy was more of a free ranger, if you if you want to make that uh, kind of comparison, where he was able to move around and stuff like that. Do you see him taking that Daniel Henry role, or do you expect like a Cornelius or Kamiri to do that? I I think Godoy will be more your stay at home yeah. center back. So he's gonna- and I I think Cornelius is going to be the guy, or Kamiri, or if they sign Amardidic, one of these guys that. Is going to be the guys that goes up more and yeah. more of the set piece. I think Godoy will be a, be your stay at home guy. But in saying that, when he had that little run out at right back, I liked what I saw yeah, from there. So did I. So he can certainly go forward, and he, he's a good ball playing centre back. And I guess that brings us to that that question that we debated a little bit last week. It's like, would we slot him in at right back? Would we have a three at the back? I think right now everything's on the table. And you just try and maybe try a few things in pre-season and see what clicks and what's working as you get into first kick and just run with that. Or maybe they both are able, whoever he plays alongside of, they both are able to move up and down and and kind of choose and pick and choose where they go. But I mean, he certainly is going to be the starter. And I think Cornelius is probably going to be the guy that gets the starter. For sure, because they have played more together. Kamiri still like... uh, Kind of new to the league, kind of. He's barely, I think he maybe played two games last year, if I'm not, I can't remember now. Kamiri, just the one. Just oh, just played against Galaxy? Galaxy? Okay, yeah. it's a one game. Did you see the social media video they put out of Godoy signing, where it was like the heads and yeah. top of, and That was one of the best things the Caps have done for a long time. That was really no, they, good. Their, their social media has yeah, been pretty good. I, I didn't mean that disparaging. Yeah. It's just that that was a really, really good yeah. video. Yeah, they have turned it around a lot. There's been some good snark as well, which yeah. I always like. Now, Thursday brought two new signings, two homegrown signings, the 20th and the 21st of the MLS era, Gianfranco Fascineri and Patrick Metcalf. Fascineri, centre-back, Metcalf, a very versatile midfielder who can play an A, a 6, can also play centre-back at a push as well. Now, we obviously don't want to get carried away, and Mardisant has talked about that, training on Thursdays like every time we sign a homegrown guy you guys are like he's the next big thing oh, and, the the coming yeah. and all this kind of stuff it's like basically temper expectations and I think we have to with, with these two yeah. Fashionary as well I mean he said that himself I, I ran I got, I got a chance to speak to them on Wednesday before their announcement was, was signed on the Thursday and ran those interviews on Thursday, so you can check those out on AFTN.ca. But Fashionary himself said that he felt he shouldn't even be getting talked about for first team minutes just now. He no. knows he's got so yeah. much work ahead of him and a lot of development. That's a good sign, too, from a young I, player. I loved him yeah. saying that, yeah. yeah. And Patrick Metcalf as well, of the two, is the one that I think could maybe challenge more for minutes from the word go. And a couple of years ago, um, when Patrick Metcalf was signed to WFC2, one of the coaches within the Whitecaps organisation, I won't say who it was, said to me at the time that they felt that his ceiling 
and his technical ability was higher than David Norman Jr.'s. Yeah, and you know what? The thing about him too, he's 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 kind of a guy that goes completely under the radar. You hear of him, you see him play, you like what you see when he plays and everything like that, what, how he plays on the pitch, but he, but he's still under the radar. There's nothing like... I wouldn't say. I don't want to say there's nothing flashy about him, but there's he just does yeah. his job on I the mean, pitch. There, there, there isn't in a lot of ways. He has a great shot on him. Yes, but that aside, yeah, it's not flashy. It's and the thing is, the thing is with him, I don't think he ever made it to like a top five residency list or anything like that. So it, uh, he's kind of gone, like I said, under the radar. But he's worked at it, and he's he's like he's the kind of guy that like. Back in the back in the day, you'd want CPL for it. Like, luckily for the Whitecaps, yeah. he's c- kind of stayed with the Whitecaps. And you and never know; up. they may get loaned out to yeah, CPL depending exactly. on what happens. I, initially, they're going to be with the team, and I would think for the first half of the season, they'll certainly be with the team. Yeah, but I mean, two exciting signings, and for me, the big thing about Fashionary signing that I like is we have finally, finally found a homegrown centre back. It's something we've been talking about for years. It's like. Why there's been some potential yes. they've gone to college? Why has no centre back come through the ranks? Now we've got we've actually got two because we also have Pisayo as well. Yeah, who we talked about last week maybe linked to to getting signed and then kind of loaned, loaned out, out to Europe or something. Right, right. Um, and the thing is the uh, the there have been like. Very good players. I think there was a uh, what was his name Harrison Jack Harrison or Jim. I can't remember. He went to Michigan, yeah, University of Michigan. The one that I thought would have made the Whitecaps, but he really had no interest in playing for the Whitecaps. He wanted to go to Europe. Was Daniel Stanisi yeah. back in the day, uh, like first year of residency, uh, um, the, the first residency class. Uh, so it's good to see it. He's really shown a lot. Um, he basically led Canada to the World Cup, like uh, as the captain. Um, so it's a it's a good sign that you're, that guy you're signing is the captain of your national team at that age level, and and the way he talks, uh, like you said, uh, yeah, shows that he's got he's maturity beyond his yeah. years. I mean, he's really good. So check out our, our chats that we ran on the site. Now they weren't the full interviews. We're going to actually bring you both full interviews with those two guys on next week's show, which may be a little bit different because we're not going to be doing, or we don't think we're going to be doing a live show in the studio. We'll, we'll I, be doing. I'm away, I, no, I'm going to do. A I show. don't think we'll be doing a live show. We might, um, if depending on how Zach feels, we might do a show because uh, you're going to be away in Scotland. Yeah. Um, we might c- get together, do a show, and then have some interviews that you've done be- yep, previously. Definitely got some interviews coming out next week, and we'll we'll see what else we splice around that. Some other little tidbits just from from this week. It looks like MDS is still on the lookout for a second goalie. Now we talked last week that he's going to have a look at Thomas Hassel and Gagliardi, the the second round draft pick. But it also looks as well. He kind of indicated on Thursday that he, he's still going to be in the frame, possibly for for bringing in a second goalkeeper. Maybe a guy that's got experience in the league or something like that, or maybe a, a top USL guy. So we'll kind of see how all that goes as well. And next week's show that I talked about some interviews is going to also, in part, be a goalkeeper special because I've been working on a, a special kind of little thing and I had a good chat with Max Cripo and Thomas Hassel at training this week. So keep that a little bit as a surprise for now, but it's something a bit different interviews with them so I hope you'll enjoy that as well and then something that kind of just came out tonight before we we went on air our good friend Glass City listener to the show I'm sure you all read all his tweets he had an interesting thing sent to him which is from Jasser Kamiri's Instagram account and it was it was a just a 
a little photo wishing Marty McDermott, the, the kit guy, another good friend of ours here at the show, a, a happy birthday. But in the background, there was a strip on a chair with the number seven on it and the name Milinkovic, yeah. which, piecing it together, not a lot of Milinkovic's that, that well, you Well, there's one really, that. really pop, uh, really good one in Lazio in Italy, and I don't think he's coming Probably here for him. No, no, no. So it's more likely to be David Milinkovic, who's currently with Hull City, previously with Hearts of Midlothian in Scotland. The English Championship Club is apparently willing to let him leave on a free transfer should he find a new club. So that fits the Whitecaps remit. Yeah. And he plays, he's considered uh, a left winger. He can play striker and right wing as well. So he kind of fits mm. that mode of being able to play across yeah. the front three. So that would be an interesting one. I, I remember seeing him playing for Hearts. He did get a few goals. He got a few assists there as well. Now, obviously, there's no confirmation as to whether this is the thing or, or what it is. Could just be having a look at him on trial. But giving him the number seven shirt would kind of make you think, hmm, so that's something to follow closely, I think, this week. See what the Whitecaps say about that. But we're going to be back with some more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I thought I saw you in the pirate's beak Messing with the smoke alarm It was too loud for me to hear her speak And she had a broken arm It was close, so close that the walls were Humbug is the album that that song is from. The Arctic Monkeys, Cornerstone. Here on the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And there were a lot of buzzwords and phrases doing the rounds at Whitecaps training this week. Axel Schuster gave a talk to the players before the first on-field session on Monday. And everyone was certainly singing from the same hymn book afterwards. And that hymn was that 2019 was in the rearview mirror. They only wanted to look through the windshield for 2020. Let's hope it's not a car crash of a season like yeah. last year. Um, no, but uh, did people still ask about 2019 though? Yeah. You know, they asked, uh, yep. Max <laughs> Cripot at one point said, okay, th- this, is the, this is the last time we mention 2019. So, and Russell Tybert as well was like, no, we're not looking back at 2019, we're looking forward. So that's good because they should, because 2019 is done, it's dusted. Let's just forget it. It was a horrible year all round, both on and off the pitch. I think we do want to move on. But the other buzzword that has been happening really since Axel Schuster took over and then Mark Pan has talked about it as well. Mark DeSantis is speaking about it. The four cornerstones that the club are looking to meet when they're 
looking to get players. I think when we do our AFTN 2020s Whitecaps bingo card this year, Cornerstone or Cornerstones is going to be the free square. Okay. It's replaced fine lines. Okay. Yeah, I'm about to. It should too. Because he's already down under right now. Or is he, is he official or no? It's not, it's not official oh, yet, I don't that's think. That's weird. But yeah, I mean, Cornerstones I mentioned a lot. So let's see if you've been paying attention. I was going to test you and Zach, so it's just you, Steve. <laughs> Can you name the four cornerstones? No, I'm not going to. Okay. I have no idea. Team spirit. Obviously, yeah. Work ethic. Okay. Discipline. Yeah. And mentality. Okay, that and makes if sense. if I didn't have them written down here, I, I would never remember it. those I, either. They, I didn't, like, I, I listened to all the interviews, but I didn't remember them. Like, I didn't, it didn't click into me, so maybe hopefully they really uh, beat it into the, yeah, the players so, so they, under, they understood it more. T-W-D-M. <laughs> Easy to remember there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. I'm making fun of it and light of it, but it's good to have that and instill it. And we, we've wanted the Whitecaps to have an identity yeah. for a while. This does that. That gives them that. And like team spirit. Yeah, obviously we've seen it. And it was kind of hinted at reading between the lines for some things that Inbom said in one of his interviews that maybe team spirit wasn't that great last year either. Well... Because he talked... He said something about even if you hate the guy in the locker room, you still have to get on. No, but that's... The the thing is, is, like, no matter what happens, when you're losing, team spirit's never going to be that great. Um, Winning winning improves anything that's going on in the locker room. But when you're losing, that also shows the mark of what kind of player you are and the kind of players that you want to keep around. And I think that's exactly what MDS has done. And work ethic, everyone needs to have that. Discipline, thankfully, we haven't had for a couple of seasons since the Effie Juarez era with all those red cards. So we've had a couple of years where it's been pretty good. And the mentality has to be right for this team. And I, I, I think overall... I just think it's, I think it's been good. And I think the club right now is sitting in a good position. And especially kind of off the pitch, I think, as well. The appointment of Axel Schuster was good, but I think the appointment of Mark Panis is certainly one of the the best off-season additions. He's still doing the media rounds. His engagement with fans on social media, Instagram and Twitter is first class. Yeah. Really, really like it. And he really interacts with them well too. So, and, and fans like that. Like they like being talked to by higher ups. Yeah. In, in, it, it, in a positive it makes way. them feel that the club's listening to them yes, as well. Exactly. I haven't had a chance to speak to Mark yet because as introductory thing, I couldn't get away from work. So when, when I do get back from Scotland, I'm hoping to have a sit down with him yeah. and, and, and get a nice chat as well with him and just look at the way forward. And, I'm excited about the things, and we talked about this last week a little bit, that's happening in the front office and and off the pitch. On the pitch, though, do you think that they're maybe a a little bit further behind than they should be? I, On the pitch, I... Are you talking about on the pitch, right? Yeah, on the pitch. um, I I think they're, they're... I expected them to be around this, but I know they said, and they were constantly moving the line all the time to say, yeah. you know, when they're going to bring people in. And, the, you know, I, I remember asking the question to MDS at the end of the year, when do you expect to come? And they, and he said that he wanted people by a certain date, and he, but they moved the line. It shifted back and forth and everything like that. But right now I'm okay with where they are. I kind of, I ho- I kind of wish they had one bigger player. Like I, I expect them to get two DPs and have that third one for the summer. Uh, but when you have already Ali Adnan in bomb and you haven't um, 
really done anything yeah, else. Yeah, you haven't yet. got the mechanism right now to, right, to bring anybody to else, in. else So in. right now they're in a good position. I do like the fact that they do have Imbalm um, and, and Ali as, you know, possible sell-ons already. Yeah. They're set up ready to go. So um, because they don't, you know, we knew Imbalm when he came in that he wanted to go to Europe. Yeah. Ali was in Europe. Ali and, didn't even think would stay, so I was kind yeah. of surprised when he even yeah, did. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, I think they promised him that you know stay with us and we'll try to get you somewhere that you, yeah. we'll let you showcase your abilities and stuff like that. So right now, I think they're okay. They're kind of not perfect, but who's perfect at the beginning yeah. of the season? I, I would have liked to have had a couple more strong midfielders in. Yeah, for sure. For now, for for this stage of it, than than San Diego that that we're now meeting. And I asked MDS, and we'll play that in a little bit, and he he feels that they're about where he thought they would be. But it, it all really boils down to, and you're talking about the cornerstones and the mentality, as what, what would be seen as a successful season for the Whitecaps? Now, MDS wouldn't be drawn too much on that, and neither would Axel Schuster. So let's just hear exactly what they said about that just now. When you look at the off-season up till today, has it gone a bit slower than you hoped or are you where you no. thought you'd be? No, it's good. It's good, guys. I'm really excited. I'm excited. It's very good. Inside the reality, inside the rules of salary cap in MLS, inside what happens, I'm excited with, with what we're doing. But it's like that. When you want to sign bad players, it happens really fast. You call, they sign, they're in, it's over. Good players, it's hard, the process. You get to the 99% in two days, and then it takes two months to get that extra percent. That 1%, the last one is hard. Uh, but um, we're going after good players. We're trying to bring here good young talents that have quality that could grow, and that's not easy to, to bring. So it takes a process. and. I'm used to it, so it's fine. Mark, what's the realistic expectations for this side? I don't want to be talking about uh, making playoffs or making, winning the Canadian Championship. I think what we have to talk about is improve another step from last season. We have to be humble and go like that. And I think that the step's going to be very good. Um, if we... If our team spirit is good, if our mentality is good, if everything we do to prepare to training with the pieces that are going to be added, we'll have a chance to compete for everything, I think. I, I don't like to speak about that before we don't have all the pieces together because uh, we, I always said, we compete for the best solution and that means even we sometimes need a little bit more time. So if we finally get all that best solutions, then you can ask me again. Okay. But for sure, the, the most important thing and the first thing is we want to be a team that wants to go everywhere and even at home to, to, to try to win every game and to work hard for that. So everybody should see that. But if we speak about the real bear, where it is at the end, we should speak about that uh, one week before the home opener. You can ask me that. So that was the thoughts there of Axel Schuster and Mark DeSantos. Just about their expectations for the season. And obviously I asked Mark a little bit about where, where he felt that everything was just now. They're not obviously going to put any more pressure on themselves by saying that. So, I mean, that, that's, that's fair enough. 
Axel said to ask at the the end of the season to he pre-season. wants to, he, yeah end yeah, of pre-season yeah. he wants the best solution before he'll he'll talk about maybe the final solution as yeah. to where they might end up finishing or whatever. What would you class as a successful season? Um, definitely a better run in the uh, Canadian Championship, uh, Voyager's Cup. Uh, we should be at least getting to the semifinal, but I think I would like to see them in the final. And um, in MLS, end of season, I'm not sure about right now, but right now I want them to see be better, more competitive on the pitch where they're not worrying about being run over by a team, mm. especially at home. They need to, imp- uh, whatever they do on the road, that's a bonus, but w- they need to really get their home play on on par where they're not sitting back, they're not scared of people on at home, they're actually attacking at home or putting pressure on the, pl- on yeah. the other team at home. I think that is important because it seems so long ago now, remember the Whitecaps were always tweeted out about Fortress BC Place, yeah. The last couple of seasons, it's been far from that. And they need... I mean, if they can... I, I said this... I was doing a, a chat on a podcast during the week, and I said, if, if they can get 90% of their points at home, that sets them up that's, that's really, a, really well. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. maybe a bit and then, unrealistic, I don't know. And then, know, if, like but, we said before, you make up that other 10% on the road or make maybe make get 15%, get, get more than uh, like the 100% that you would get home yeah. to get there. That would be ideal. Like if they, they can they can get 90% at home and then of their, are you talking 90% of the total points or 90% yeah. of their? Yeah, 90% of their total available points available. points available. at home. Yeah, yeah okay. And th- that, yeah, and then you get that you, would set them up lovely. And then if you get twenty percent of the points at or thirty or something like that on the road, then you're I think you're in the playoffs at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah, because ninety percent is forty six points. Yeah, if you win every game. Yeah, that's maybe a little bit. No, I think they. I think they should be capable of doing that, even with a team that's kind of new and getting to know each other. They should be able to play that at home. For me, what I think success would be is winning the Voyagers Cup. If they win that, I think that's fantastic and that, that sets out a, a good benchmark to build from sure. in the Champions League. I agree with you, some, some strong home form. But I want to see us competitive for the playoffs as well. Yeah. No, like if I want if them we to make be, it, I yeah. think that'll be a bonus because I don't think we're going to make it. No, I... I but I, I want us to be in the mix in the right mix. down the line. Yeah, we don't want to be doing the end of season show in, in September like we yeah. did last year or August or whatever it was. And the big thing, it has to both look stats wise and feel an improvement on twenty nineteen. Oh yeah. Oh, so oh that, that's a that's if, a given. Yeah, it just yeah. we have to see improvement. And like I I was asked, do I think Martin DeSantis's job's under threat? It's like not in the slightest. But the only thing that would maybe put it under threat if he did is worse. if we went back from yes, last year. For sure. Because this is completely and his you know rebuild. What? You know what? If he does go backwards, then there's no like defending no. whether he should stay or go at yeah. that point. And they have to make the right decision for the club. And I mean, but what, I don't see that happening. Did, do you think the, because it's hard to go any yeah, further oh, back. Yeah. Did, do you th- oh, don't say that. Yeah, I know. Do you think the general fan base would accept that, or are they? No, they. Is it, is it playoffs for playoffs, them or nothing? It's yeah, playoffs. That's, it's, that's what it's I'm 100% thinking. It's hundred percent playoffs, and and they. I don't know about the. I don't know how much they care about the. The general fan base cares yeah. about the Voyagers Cup, but yeah, MLS. MLS is the league, and that's what they want. Playoffs, and they want even. I guarantee you some of them even want a two a win or two there in the playoffs to, to move up and get close to the finals. Well, we'll get to see more of the. 
the team takes shape over the, the coming weeks as we build up to first kick. That's the first part of the 2020 pre-season wrapped up here in Vancouver. Four days of on-pitch training up at UBC. They've now headed south to the sunnier climbs of San Diego for an 11-day training camp. Oh, I wish I could be with them right now. I, I, I had originally planned to if I unfortunately didn't have to go back to Scotland because... It's not, I'm, I'm going back more for family stuff. It's not exactly a, a pleasant trip that I'm yeah. going back for, but all of the trialists are heading down to San Diego with them and more on the trialists in the next part. Christian Dahomey and Eric Godoy have met the team down there as well. Dahomey is still kind of sorting out all his green cars and visas and, and everything Canadian like stuff probably, yeah. because if he's in, in San Diego, yeah, then so he should be yeah, fine, but it's, it's, it's the Canadian it's stuff that getting to come up here. Yeah. And... It's good. They, they're now integrated with the team. They seem to be having a lot of smiles down yeah. there as well. So it's a great atmosphere. Mark DeSantis talked about the mentality of it being good, everything like that as well. So at training this week, I asked him what he was hoping for from this part of pre-season and with a little look into the Portland tournament at the end of the month as well. What are you looking for in San Diego from these games and this camp? I, I'm excited because of last year, right? And um, uh, last year we can build the mentality. We, it was hard to build the culture because you're in training camp and, and on the phone trying to figure out the visas of the other guys arriving. And right now what I'm looking forward and my focus is really for us to build that, that mentality, to build that winning mentality to to go into the games of preseason with the mentality to get good results and that's what I'm looking for and the base we have right now since day one allows us to go into preseason like that. And in the, the Portland games at the end of the, the month, is that yeah. when you're more the, tur- the tournament in Portland nailing it down to Yeah of start. course. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's uh, Portland we wanna be very close to what we want to look like in, in MLS games. Yeah, I mean, that that makes complete sense. That is really the time to try and nail down your, your starting lineup. And the, the last game that we have down there against Minnesota, that team should be, barring any late additions, the team that, that takes the pitch against Sporting Kansas City a, a week later. So we talked about Dahomey and Godoy have met up. There's an outside chance, MDS said, that Awusu might meet up with them down there as well, or it might have to, to meet up with them back here in Vancouver when they get home. And there's an interesting comment from J.G. Adams today in a province piece, just talking about how delays in getting the Canadian green cards to the US ones hampers Canadian clubs, because it does. All these American teams seem to be able to get their green cards through really quickly. And then we've like got the likes of Dahomey and Wosu and all these guys that are having to wait a little bit. So it does hamper them. Now, there's three games down in San Diego. They're playing Columbus on Tuesday the 28th, Dallas on February 1st, and then they round up the games against the LA Galaxy on February 4th. I mean, what are you hoping to see down in San Diego, Steve? Um, I, just just uh, progress. The first game might be a little bit rough, but then second game you're hoping better, and then the third game you even hope better. I don't. Results really don't make a difference to me. Yeah. You just want to see uh, it's the performances. And the you want to see the, and... you, you see the system working too, the way he wants it to work. MDS wants it to work. You, that's what you want to really see. You want to see that in full motion. 
like a lot better than what they were, you saw in Hawaii last year. That didn't look good at all at, at that point. Especially with Japanese coaches screaming yeah. loudly into no, the microphone. That's especially you don't want. You want the microphone to be in the <laughs> kind of neutral area. Yeah, I have to see exactly what time the games are to see if I can see them when I'm, I'm back home or not. But yeah, looking forward to this next part. And I hope you're looking forward to the next part of the show because we've got a nice little interview coming up and some more Whitecaps chat as well. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Lucas Cavallini. You're listening to the AFD Soccer Show. is the 2016 album from German band Gur. And that was the last song from our Artists of the Month from that album. I've enjoyed them. They're a good band. Yeah. That was called Klautraum. German such a beautiful language, isn't it? <laughs> it means clear dream. Boy, the way you pronounce it, I didn't think it was going to be that. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a good band. Check them out, Gur. G-U-R-R. And they're still active and everything right oh, now. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're actually playing in London the day after I fly home, oh. so I timed that badly. I almost, when I was looking to see if I could fly home after the gig, it was going to be so much more, and yeah. I was like, okay, I'm sure I'll see them at some point in the future. You're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. So, Gur, Clear Dream, and there's five trialists in the Whitecaps preseason camp right now that they've got their clear dreams just now, and that is a dream of earning an MLS deal in Vancouver. Now, we talked about them a, a little bit last week, so we won't go into them in too much detail, but there, there's some hope there. So before kind of look into a little bit more, here's MDS talking about them, what they could bring to the team, and along with the issues of not having a proper development team and what that then means for these five players. They're all going to be making the trip to, to San Diego. The four could sign with the Whitecaps and the four could go back home. So that's Did what I could say. Did four impressed? Anyone stand out? Uh, impressed, no, but I would tell you this, and this is a big discussion because I, I know a lot of people speak about how better it is to have a, a second team playing in a league, and yeah, we know that, we know right now that our, 
the setup of our of our, our of our development squad and 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 everything is not ideal. Um, but right now, there's we're evaluating everything and and to see what's next. And Axel being here and allows us to to try to study more what's going to be next, what's important. I would tell you this: if we had a second team playing, let's say in the USL, uh, the four would stay with us. They have the quality to do that. Now that we don't have that, that is the reality now. We have to evaluate what does it mean to sign them? What does it mean in the current roster? What does it mean to the development? Can we sign and loan because we believe that in 2021 they could play a role? These are all things that we're looking at. So yeah, once again, this lack of a, a USL team or a proper reserve team. A reserve team, team yeah. It, it's, it's hurting these guys' potential. But, I mean, it's not necessarily it's, bad news because there's other options. You yeah, could sign them and then loan, loan them, them to I don't think CPL it's hurting teams. them. It's hurting the Whitecaps because yes. the Whitecaps can't put these guys in the same situation they want so then they kind of run the same system. And yeah. then if they want to bring them up, they bring them up and they already know what the system is. So that's I think it hurts the Whitecaps more than it hurts the players. I mean, MDS is talking one of them could make it, all four could make it and yeah. impress, which is tough when you look at the additions to the roster. Yeah, now. There's got to be some folk move on for these guys to make it. And you have to think, well, are they improvements with what's on the roster just now? And to be honest, probably not. And like I said in the first part, none of them so far in week one just grabbed you a, a standing out yeah. Sissoko is signed with Halifax they've yeah. been keeping a, a close eye on him also and he did sign with them yeah so he okay. has signed with them but he's free to come to, to Whitecaps and probably okay. or there might or be a little sell on, sell on or, or whatever but the other option is Whitecaps could say yeah look we'll, we want to sign him but we want him to loan back to you guys okay. and then play a season in CPL we'll keep an eye on him Okay, so that, that's Makes sense. one option but if you look at these players, the the one that you feel has to have the best shot of making it is Canadian international centre-back now, Amir Didic. And we talked about him last week. So I got a chance to, to speak to the man himself at training on Monday, just talking about the whirlwind year that he's had from being released from Sporting Kansas City to finishing the year as a, a Canadian international with the national team. So we talked about all that. Some of it I've had in a written piece you might have seen on AFTN, but there's a lot more as well as we talk about the whole Canada situation. Here's Amir Didic. So, Amir, it's nice to, to see you here in Vancouver. I've kind of followed your career for the, the last couple of years, and like you're back here kind of reunited with Martin Sanders. I know you had a season with him at, at Spoke Park Rangers. Is, is it weird to have him shouting at you again on the training pitch? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little weird. Uh, it was a couple, two or three years ago since I last saw him uh, where we went to the final there with Spoke Park. And, uh, no, yeah, it's, 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 he's a great coach. And so uh, it just brought back, brought back memories <laughs> from, from that first year there and it's nothing but good memories. Now... If, if we kind of look at the last year, you were let go by, by Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I I actually thought the Whitecaps might have made a move for you back then just because we needed centre-backs, Mark knew you. When you're released like that and you're with an MLS team, obviously you don't know what the future's going to hold in store. Were you starting to question like where you needed to be and what you needed to do at that point? I think for me, uh, coming or getting released from uh, from Kansas City there, it, it was important for me to, to get back to playing 
soccer every every week, every game, and uh, and finding myself and getting back to my own rhythm, which is which is the most important thing for me. And and MLS has always been my goal, and it it always will be, still will be. So it was a matter of uh, going to a club where I, where I'd play week in week out, and uh, and, and find my uh, my confidence and all that, and and get the and sharpen the tools, and and eventually um, be able to have an opportunity like this. And the season you had with Edmonton as well. I mean, when you went there, was it was the plan? Uh, Jeff Pauglis had talked about wanting to get you back to the higher level again. So was that the plan? Like, have a year there, see how things were, where the land lay, and then just look at your options. Yeah, you know, Jeff. I've known Jeff since I was in high school there, and um, it was it was the first academy. He was my first coach there, so I, I have a good relationship with him. And uh, just talking with him before before coming to Edmonton, uh, uh, we were both. We both kind of agreed on the goal of that, which was to to make the jump up and um, to the MLS. And so, um, yeah, the relationship between both of us, we knew what each of us wanted. We wanted we wanted to go and win games, obviously with with Edmonton and try to compete in the league, but also in the back in the back of both both of our heads. Um, personally, for a goal, goal of mine was to was to make that jump. And so, um, he was throughout the whole process, the whole year, and even now, uh, he's he's done extremely. He's been extremely. Um, I've been fortunate enough for him to be able to to do what he has done for me. Now, I, I watched you play with Swope Park, and the difference from seeing you there to the difference of watching you at Edmonton th- this year. I mean, you've, your games come on leaps and bounds. I know it's always going to. You're older. You're you're mm-hmm. learning stuff, but you touched on it earlier. So much of it is like regularly playing and consistency. Is that what you you put it really down to of doing so well this past year? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's also it's that and the little things that um, I'm always striving to, to work at, and especially in a position of mine, it's 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 little details that can be so beneficial, and and I think that's something that I mean, even throughout your whole career, you still learn and learn and learn. But I think that that past year there is just I made a bigger a leap, I guess, mm. in terms of the sharpening those tools. And honestly, like I think uh, Sporting Kansas City because it was. Such a great club, and the training um, was fantastic. Uh, the staff, the players, and all that uh, were fantastic. And so, I think just playing in that type of environment with such great players also um, allowed for me to translate that um, with a different club and with different teammates there, and, and kind of gained my confidence from there. And being a Canadian guy playing in the Canadian league in its first ever season, what what did that mean to you, and how did you kind of find the quality of the league? Yeah, growing up, there's not much in Edmonton yeah. to look forward to, and um, even throughout the whole Canada. And so, um, yeah, the, op- the opportunity to play there in a brand new league um, with something with so much uncertainty uh, is always going to be interesting. And for first year, it was. I think it passed a lot of people's expectations as, as well as it did mine. Um, yeah, the quality is only going to get better too, and and it, and it's a. I'm, not, I'm really excited to see what this what that league will look like five, ten years from now. And uh, based off this past year, it's it's looking yeah, it's looking not bad. I, I, the good thing about the league now, whether you you feel MLS is way higher or CPL is a little bit below that. But players were getting a look for the national team. Uh, guys that we know well here, like Marco Carducci, and then yourself, you, you got your first call-up. Mm-hmm. Did you think you'd ever get your first call-up playing in the CPL? Honestly, no, I didn't. Um, I think it's it's more of a, 
look at the Canada squad, right? There's tons of quality nowadays in, on the Canada squad. And look at the clubs they're playing. Look at the leagues they're playing. And uh, so, yeah, in the back of my head, I'm, it's always been my goal yeah. to obviously represent the national team and, and be a part of the group. But uh, I think just at the be- going into the beginning, even throughout most of the year, it was a, a matter of um, playing as best as I can. And if, and if it happens, it happens. September, October, once that time came around, I was ecstatic too. Surprise, shocked, a lot of emotion uh, went into that, but when I got my first call up there, so um, no, yeah, it's it's always been a goal of mine, so. And then, I mean, some folk did wonder, like, were the call-ups just like a token thing to show the CPL was competing, but you've obviously proved you deserve to be there. You got your first couple of uh, actual caps now with Canada. How was this last camp, your whole experience, pulling on that jersey for the first time? I mean, it's going to obviously live with you forever. Yeah, you know, uh, just being in the first camp in October in Toronto and then the next camp in uh, November in Orlando really set me up to, to, to succeed is the best way I want to put yeah. it for the next camp because of you go in as a new guy, right? It's, everything's new. The tactics are new. You have John Herman who and the staff who want to play a certain way and you got, those camps are so short, so you got to go in there and kind of get adjusted quickly. And so I think those two camps, I processed all the information and, and knew what, what the coaching staff were um, looking for in, as a center back. And so uh, this last camp there um, was able to translate that and kind of show that, hey, I can process this information and I'm able to uh, apply it on the field with the team. The team. And uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> when you talk about putting on that shirt, um, Figured out the day before that Barbados game that uh, I'd be playing, and uh, yeah, a bunch of emotions, obviously going to bed and stuff. And uh, I kind of asked for a better uh, a way to yeah. have my debut with the gold there too. So that even that was something special. Um, I probably should have had more emotion than I did, but it's I think a shock it, though yeah, as well because like yeah, when you yeah, went, yeah. go to bed the night before, yeah. it's like your dream. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, score a goal yeah, yeah, on my debut. Yeah, you, but always, then, you always think you're, yeah, you're, you're gonna, gonna get a clean sheet first thing on mind, a clean yeah. sheet, and then obviously if you can get something offset piece, um, that's my my always thing is always um, clean sheet first. Obviously, you're a defender, right? So yeah, and then obviously I uh, wasn't too sure what the next game. I was I was happy as it is, you know, getting my first debut. And first, I guess, goal there. And then the Iceland game came around, and I got the nod there. And, uh, yeah, it was it was another game where it was just one of those, like, you're looking at the kit, you're putting the kit on, you're looking in the team huddle, and the national anthem was, you know, you're singing your na- national anthem there. And uh, is it, is in that moment, in those moments when you're singing the national anthem when you realize, like, this is, like, this is something I want to be a part of, you know, something that... I want to continue to strive for every day. So, um, yeah, unfortunate with the result there off, off the yeah. set piece. But I think we I think we dominated the game pretty well, especially in the second half. Second half there, just couldn't tuck one away. But, um, no, it was that last camp, a uh, massive experience. And I look just forward to building off of that. When did you know that you were going to be coming to here? When did Mark kind of reach out to you? Yeah, it was uh, that week of the, those games. Oh, right. Yeah. And... Obviously, being in the camp with the Canadian guys, and there's so many of them here, has that made the transition to this week a little bit easier for you? Oh yeah, definitely easier. Like uh, some of the guys I talked to, even when we we're in camp, I told let them know that I'll be there and there. Um, but yeah, they're very you know, whatever you need. You know, like we're here. You know, 
so there's a bunch of them there. So it was coming yeah. in on the first day yesterday. Um, it was pretty much like I saw them the other day, which I did. So it, it's it's comforting and, and helps the process, you know, go a little smoother. And then how how's it been set up for you? I know you might not be able to say too much, but there's a shortage of centre backs here. There's three right now. Mm-hmm. Has it been set up to you that like just go show what you can do, and there's a deal for you if you impress or? Have they not really spoken about that with you? Uh, they haven't gone too much into detail about that, but I just right here, right now, I'm just living in the moment and just trying to train and and uh, you know, just do my thing and whatever goes from there goes from there. So it's just, uh, yeah. Well, that's great. Pleasure speaking to you. Good luck. It's been Thank nice you seeing you again here. And yeah, yeah no worries. Amir Didich there, and still we were just having a, a little chat uh, as that was playing, and just about where he would fit into the, the picking order here in Vancouver. I think there's a really good chance he'll get signed. Yeah, because I think, I, I think I, they of, need five centre backs. Out of, out of all the trialists, especially if they if they want to experiment with three at the back, I don't know if they yeah. do want to do that, but you need that extra player. So I think they will sign him, and I think right now he fits nicely as, as a number four center back, and I think he can challenge, go, you know, move up if he needs to. And I think he can even, if Karimi... Uh, uh, Kamiri, you Kamiri, always call him Karimi. Yeah, I know. Kamiri, if Kamiri um, kind of shows a little bit more rustiness because of the, you know, lack of being able to play and everything, I think he could easily be the, the guy on the bench for them too. I mean, he's, he's had... I was going to say a meteoric rise, but I mean, he's obviously been with an MLS team before, yeah. but 2019 he, he, has been a good year from him. It's like what it's been almost a career year, you'd maybe want to call it. And, and the thing is, a lot of people, you know, we, we discussed Zator as being the other option, you yeah. know, but the thing is, MDS has played, uh, has, has played, like, have, have played under him um, in Swole Park, and he has experienced a USL MLS kind of situation. Well, so, he's been in a good environment yes. in Kansas City. So he has that, like, whereas Zator was with the residency here, but really didn't, I don't know how much he experienced the, uh, the professional ranks of it or what. Well, he, 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 Zator wasn't with our residency. He came through the, the ranks and he was at college and then he came here to WFC too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, uh, but, so yeah. sorry, that's what I meant. But yeah, I, I think Derrick would be a good signing. Uh, again, excited to see him in some games. Him and Cornelius had a, a good little partnership with Canada. Yeah. I definitely think he can challenge and, and push to be this number three and, if he gets signed, you would hope he's going to get minutes. And we talked about this last week because that was the whole reason, as he said, he went to Edmonton. He needed to be playing. He was. And look what happened to him. So good luck to, to Emir Didich and all the other trialists as well. We're going to turn our attention away now from the Whitecaps. And when we're back for part four, we're going to look at the CPL. Hi, I'm Maxim Kripo from the Vancouver Whitecaps and you're listening to the EFTN Show.
Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Tell us who that was, Steve. That was, uh, the song was Bad Habit and it's by Modern Superstitions, a band out of Toronto. And if you're involved as a football player, you don't want to have these bad habits. No. Because... That's what they got the four cornerstones. Yes. It, It gets rid of, hopefully, these bad habits. Now... It's not just been a busy week for the Whitecaps, there's also been a, a lot of big stories and talking points in the MLS and CPL over the next over the last seven days. We'll look at some of the MLS ones in headlines, but in this part we're going to look at CPL news and some other Canadian news as well. It's been a busy week for CPL transfers. Tristan Borges signed with Belgian First Division B-side OH Louvain. Till the summer of 2020, an undisclosed fee. So six six months. See how he does. Yeah, exactly. Feel him out. It's a good move for him because he didn't really have anything left to prove in the CPL. I mean, he achieved so many firsts. He won so many awards and plaudits and took home all the individual awards at the end of year awards. Yeah. He's now got another first as the first CPL player to be sold to a European team. It's a good first. And it's it's something that the CP, that's what the CPL is there for. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good move for him. He deserves it with the season that he had. This will be a good test as well because this team are pushing for promotion. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a good test at a higher level. And I, I'm a bit surprised that no MLS team came in for him. But. Uh, yeah, but I think I think in this case uh, maybe there was. You never know. We we don't know. If there's no MLS team that came in for him. It's just that true. It's that maybe this this was the better option yeah. for him for at least. I six think it's months. a better test, possibly than he, he sure. should get playing time and starting and time there as opposed to MLS where he might be on the bench. What do you think that uh, the impact Jonathan David has had on on? In the in that kind of in that area, that Tristan Borges, maybe that's yeah, the, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you've got him, and then folk will also be looking at, at what Davies has done at Bayern. I yeah, for sure. Belgium, and that's in that same, like, yeah, I know, but that's in but the same like, general yeah. area. Yeah. So I mean, they're all going to be saying, "Oh, there's some good Canadian talent," yeah. and and seeing stuff like that as well. So, yep, good luck to him. Cavalry FC look to have lost two of their players. Dominique Malonga hasn't been officially confirmed. But the murmurs are on Twitter were that he has joined Chinese League One club Inner Mongolia Zong UFC. Not familiar with Inner Mongolia? I am actually very familiar well, you've heard with Genghis Khan. Well, it's the Outer Mongolia. Oh, is the Outer Mongolia? Mm. Okay. Because <laughs> I have. I think he took over most of it. I, I, I need to do this actually as our artist of the month. Yeah. There's a punk band I like called Splodge and Issa Bounds. Lead singer's called Max Splodge. Okay. He released... He, he's had some drinking issues over the years. He released a, a themed album all about Mongolia and Genghis Khan. Oh, there Which you go. I have, and I love it. Okay. And, yeah, we need we need to do that. Maybe even next month I might do that. Maybe when the Whitecaps signed a Mongolian player, we could play it. Yeah. Or if he gets announced this week, I might just do that for February. Okay. But he looks to be on his way out. Nico Piscotti is another one. He, I mean, this murmurs with the White Cats, Luca Piscotti or whatever as well. He looks to have signed for an unknown Spanish club just because he was shown signing something and folks saw it, it seemed to be Spanish. Oh, so no, okay. no one's really sure exactly what's happening there. But that's two big losses for Cavalry. Malonga had 11 goals last year, Piscotti five, but they were both key players. Cavalry, though, they've added Jair Cordova, Peruvian striker, to replace them. 
Now, he was a top scorer in Peru's second division with Alianza Atletico last season, scoring 23 goals and 28 appearances. So he appears to be one to watch. So a couple could of be, losses, he, he, but a good addition. Yeah, but he could be another guy that's just one year in, and then maybe he impresses so much that he moves on then too. Cavalry, I think Cavalry will have this, like, uh, this like constant like rotating door. Elijah Adekubi, didn't he? Wasn't there a rumor that he might be going to Sweden or yeah, something? Like that? To yeah, to join up with his brother. I think he was having trials with, with, yeah. at Sam's Club as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all that stuff as well. So, that that is the thing. Forge, Cavalry, good seasons. They're going to attract interest to their players. That's what they want. They want to sell them on. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, you could say CPL is a stepping stone. Do they want to be seen as a stepping stone league? Probably in the early days, yeah. Well, it, it helps with uh, the the cost and everything too. It's got to help with the cost of what they're doing, and it also shows that there is some hope here. So you get more players moving up to this level. Like a lot of players, they might not think that there's anything there out there for them, so they just quit soccer at, a, at an early age. Then they should, and maybe this will kind of keep them in the game and kind of improve the depth of the soccer pool. In fact, yeah, and, and if if Dirich signs, that'd be another one to MLS like Borges, to go with Waterman. Borges is a great example of that. Like, oh, yeah, uh, where, he used that league fantastically yeah. to improve himself and put himself in the shop window, helping his team to success as well, and putting the league on the map a little bit. So I, I think it's the best of both worlds for both parties, players, teams, the, the league itself. The only bad thing about it is it's not good for st- team stability. Yes, because and- cavalry. Valor, Forge, if these players keep moving on, they're going to have to rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Oh, and, and then the connection to the uh, supporters yeah, is not as that, great because you're always introducing well. new players. You, like There was that one year we, we needed a, like um to, to figure out who was on the pitch for the yeah. Whitecaps. Remember, there were so many changes. Oh, the, yeah, that was MDS's first year. See, that that's something I'm used to back in Scotland with East Fife because we signed players to one-year deals. Yeah. They moved on. A lot of them weren't good enough. Some moved higher. You lose that connection with them. Yeah. And I didn't like it because you gone are the days where a guy stays with you for three, four, five years, maybe longer, has a testimonial. That's all gone. So that's the only downside to it. But with players moving on, players are coming in as well. And one that I do want to talk about is a player we know very well here in Vancouver. Fraser Aird. Yeah. Back in Canada. Signed for Valor FC. And the murmurs are Brett Levi's is also going to be joining Valor. Well, I heard it was it wasn't official or something like that. I, I don't heard think it was Nothing was official, announced. no. You're right. It's not official, but a lot of the people that Fraser were... Fraser Eric became official. Okay. Uh, n- no word whether he's going to go in some other supporters' end and flick the Vs at, <laughs> at opposing fans or not, but... I'm pretty sure he's going to get asked about that when, well, when he, he, he the, comes here. He can the V with his valor. Oh, yeah, oh, he can, oh, here. oh, perfect. No issue, no issue here. There, there's our question, Tim. Yeah. Did you join Valor so you could still flick the Vs, <laughs> but this time it's for your own team? Yeah. Yes. Should have put that out there. Someone's been asked that before we get there. <laughs> but he's a good addition to Valor. He's He went to Cove Rangers to rebuild his career in Scotland. And he was. it looked like he was possibly getting let go anyway. And maybe he had this Valor move lined up from, from way back anyway. But he did well with Cove Rangers. And Cove Rangers were a new team that had come into the Scottish League. They were promoted from non-league, the, the first team to do so. And they're sitting at top of the, the fourth tier in league football there. Fraser had a good season. I'm pretty sure he'll bring a, a lot of good stuff to Valor as well. But as he comes into Valor, there's still a lot of talk 
about what is happening with another Valor player, Marco Bustos. And we talked a little bit about that on last week's show, but Bustos gave an interview to the CPL website this week, and he basically talked that it's now a choice for him between staying at Valor or moving to Pacific FC. Now, the thing that Bustos talked about is he knows Rob Gale from way back. Rob Gale was the Canadian national team coach that helped him when he played youth soccer at under-17 level, so him and Gailey go way back. But at the same time, he spoke about Pa Maduka being at Pacific now, yeah. and he, he cited Pa as being a mentor for him when he was here in Vancouver. Yeah, and I think that's a big lure and, for him. And Pa was a mentor to a lot of players yeah. back then. We but, talked uh, about that last week. It's yeah. like he was so good with the young guys here. I think that getting to, to be back in BC, I know he's a, a Winnipeg boy, but he's spent a lot of his growing up time here. His girlfriend's from here. I, I, I think Pacific are going to get the edge here. Yeah. And... There's still talk Fisky might move on. So if he moves on, Bustos would be a good replacement. Yeah. Bustos and Fisky in that team, though, together would be fantastic. Yeah, that might be something that, so. that keeps Ben Fisk staying here. Yeah. So I'm going to boil down to salaries, though, and stuff as well. But as we talk about all these Canadian players in the CPL, there was bad news for Canadians that are playing down in the US, in the USL. Well, it's good news for CPL, kind of. <laughs> Very good news for CPL, because it was announced that from next year... USL is going to follow MLS's lead and count Canadians as internationals. They've always counted them as domestics up to then. And MLS were always asked, well, how come USL do it and not you? Now USL are going to be the same as MLS. So any Canadians playing in USL would be taken up an international roster spot. Now that makes the CPL all the more important, all the more attractive to these players. It probably won't hamper USL clubs too much. Yeah. Apart from maybe Colorado Springs switchbacks and, and Alan Cox, because yeah, he's brought yeah. Mamadi Kamara, Sean Melvin, some other Canadian yeah. guys as well. And for players, though, it's not ideal because it, it, the choice is then lower. So you're maybe limited to CPL, where the salaries are maybe not as good as you. Good thing Zach's not here. Yeah, but I mean, the, the salaries are higher though just now. In well, I'm sure. Sales, so I'm sure I mean, that because that, well, because they're more established. That's the thing. They they are more established, so they are going to be higher there, no doubt. But uh, but definitely a good thing for the league. Yeah. Keeping in USL though, the USL League Two fixtures were out. TSS Rovers know their their fixtures for the year, and I'd hope to have an article up tonight for that. It's going to go up now on Monday. I just ran out of time to get it done this weekend, but there's a slight change in the TSS fixtures. They've been very May-heavy with their home fixtures, but now there's only one in May, one in July, and the other five are going to be in June. Okay. Which Colin Elms told me it's great for the team because the pitch is going to be better at Swan Guard, better weather, hopefully less distractions, and then they can get all their college guys in place as well. So that should be good. Get out to Swan Guard and support them. Last bit of Canadian soccer news as well. The Canadian women's team coming back to Vancouver it's your chance to get out and see the girls down under as Australia come to BC Place on April 14th should be a good game the The Matildas play some nice football and, and I, they have one of the best players in the world I think d- um, yes yeah, Kerr yeah I can't remember what team she plays for but yeah I know she, it's no, she w- no she went to Europe I, yeah. think. I think she moved on to Europe I think she might be with Chelsea but I'm, I'm, I can't remember right now but I had some good chats with the Australian players when they were over at the World Cup, so looking forward to that one as well. April 14th, BC Place. Get your tickets now. Although Could that be the, the game that Sinclair breaks the record? 
exactly. Yeah. That's even more reason to get out to see that one. If you want to be in the Voyager section, though, they're going to have their own section. Don't buy in the pre-sale or the other tickets. Check the Voyager's social media, Facebook. They've got their own forum and also Twitter because you can get into the Voyager section there. So looking forward to that one. Busy few months to come. But we've got one more part of the show to go and we're going to be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Jake Narinsky, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Yes, we are the renegades of funk here at the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. That was, of course, Rage Against the Machine. Yes, uh, dedicated to Zach because he's a big fan. Yes, I he make him feel better, uh, you know, with him not feeling well. I haven't listened to them for a while. I should dig out. I've got a couple they of got albums. I some, dig them out. This, uh, they st- all kind of have the same kind of sound, but yeah. there, there is definitely... I like the sound. Yeah. So. Well, keeping with the musical theme, it's going to be time for a wavelength now. And it's the last of our, our songs in January, dedicated to the FA Cup. Don't know if you saw much of the FA Cup action over no. the weekend, Steve? No, I didn't. Your boys did well. I heard it. And I know you, you always say they're, they're not your boys, but if I was to cut you open right now, would you not bleed red? I think everybody would. So you're saying everyone's a Man United fan? Well, it could be. Mm. I don't know. Or Liverpool. Or Liverpool. L- Liverpool game today was fantastic. 2-0 up yeah. against Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury bring on Scottish striker Jason Cummings. He gets two goals, two all. There's a replay at Anfield. Oh, wow. Klopp has come out and said... He's not even going to take the team for the replay, and they're going to play the youth team. Oh, wow. So he's giving up on the FA Cup? The youth team did well for big parts of the, the League Cup. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's weird. very wow. disrespectful, I think, to Shrewsbury as well. But yeah. very, very strange decision. Even even to make that announcement right away after the game or something, that's kind of odd. But sticking on Merseyside, it brings us to the other team, the blue side of Merseyside, Everton. The first this kit is... I ever bought, too. Oh, really? It was Everton kit. Just because I kind of liked... Uh, uh, I don't know what it was you about like toffees? It. No, I just liked the... Uh, it it kind of looked... Uh, I had a weird sense of humor, and it, I think their sponsor was like Denka or something like that. And it kind of sounded funny to was me. Was this about the mid-80s you bought that? Possibly. Because this is when they were winning everything. So yeah. you had a bit of a glory hunt. No, no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I honestly didn't even know... Like At that time, I didn't even have a team. So No, it wasn't the mid-90s. It might have been the early 90s or something oh, like that. Oh, they're pretty crappy. Though. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, they, they did do well in the 80s. They were in the FA Cup and they, they won the league. They were back in the FA Cup final in 2009. And this is a song. It's not an official Everton song for the FA Cup final, but it's by a Liverpool band called Begbie. And you could maybe even use this for the White Caps. It's called Blue and White. Devotion, this love will never end. Full of emotion, we sing as loud as we can. Though we can always get what we're reaching for. Destiny, this is where I feel like home. Still, you mean everything to me. Let's make history. Be there, not the the guy from Train Spotting, a Liverpool band, but the song from 2009, Blue and White, and that was for Everton's appearance in the FA Cup final that year. The song didn't help them go on to win it; they actually lost to Chelsea two one. Chelsea's two scorers that day, incidentally, two guys that are featured in MLS. MLS oh, have featured in mm-hmm. MLS, so Drogba. Yep, and. Lampard? Yes. Yeah. And the referee that day, Howard Webb. Oh, there you go. It's MLS all over the place. Everton's goalkeeper was Tim Howard. So oh, it's like, yeah. just looking through the, the lineups here, Ashley Cole, 
Wow, it's like lots of guys that's got some connections over here. You couldn't cross Everton over that line. <laughs> ah, and David Moyes was the manager. And I showed you the Everton kit that it was. It was actually uh, uh, mid nineties. Yes, no, and it was a Danke kit. Yeah, but was yeah. It? So that was our last song that we had for FA Cup because that was our theme for this month, which was a pity because you've just reminded me. Yeah. And this is when I actually became a Manchester United fan because uh, 25 years ago this weekend was... Campbell, I remember it happening at the time. So do I. That's why I became... Because Eric Cantona did the Kung Fu kick. Uh, the I guy watching Match of the Day and it was like... Because <gasps> it was a big highlight here over here too because yeah. we, we didn't get that many highlights back in the mid-90s. It was all right once in a while, but... Oh, yes. Cause that was crazy. The, the guy came down and said like, uh, F off to France, you F... Mu- Mf'er, so that's what he said, and that's what got the kick, and then and then Cantona obviously was suspended, and then For he had a that long time, and then he had that uh, odd uh, saying, and I can't remember the what seagulls, the, seagulls yeah, the trawlers, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So that that was a great uh, time, I guess. And I, that actual incident as well, it's one of my. There's a few things I like to collect oddities, and one of them yeah. is records that's got football sleeves. Yeah. And there's a song called Kung Fu by an Irish band called Ash. Yeah. And it's just dedicated to as Kung Fu Kick. Oh, okay. It just coincidence that they were releasing that. At as the that same happened. Time? It's like, oh, there wow. we go, there's our cover. Oh, really? It's wow. fantastic. Crazy. If I'd known that was 25 years ago, I'd have played that tonight. Yeah. But anyway, now it's time for things that's made the headlines this week or this past seven days in BC's Soccer Web Headlines. Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, headlines, stories, articles and features. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. And I'm sure there's been tons of things catching your eye on the site this week, Steve. Yeah, a few things here. Um, first of all, start with MLS. Um, TFC uh, is kind of, as you would say, glad that they didn't win the cup because now their $6 million, or would be $6 million man, is not going to be in the lineup for a while. He is uh, Michael Bradley has uh, undergone a successful ankle surgery. He was hurt in the MLS final. Uh, Bradley, after the game, downplayed the injury, saying mm. he'd be fine in two or three weeks. But he spent the whole offseason uh, rehabbing and it still hasn't worked out, and he essentially is now taking the surgery. He's going to be out for four months. Uh, the injury, like I said, has not responded uh, to treatment, and he's going to miss uh, probably up to mid-May, so that's about 13 to 14 games that he's going to be out for. Um, Altidore uh, came oh. out and put the blame on this, uh, on the club. He says, I don't think it's good enough. He's the guy that takes care of himself in an incredible way, an incredible professional. I think he was let down, which is putting the blame on the club. Yeah, and then there was rumors that they might move him on because yeah. of his comments, but that was downplayed as well. The coach, the co- it, it's ridiculous to wait this long to suddenly get him surgery, though. Yeah, but I think they were hoping to avoid surgery, yeah. probably. And that's but, I mean, how they should have been keeping a closer eye because. I don't know. I mean, it's a big, big loss to them. Yeah. Because you want to get the points on the board early. It's going to be a competitive season. For sure. But, yeah, massive blow for them. And And they get no salary relief in that either. Yeah. And, okay, and last year, I remember MLS um, had that whole issue with the um, anti-fascist, you know. Antifa. Antifa, right, that whole system. Now, German football club, uh, St. Pauli, has been put on the UK police terror list. Uh, the club has been renowned for their activism against the far right. 
um, and ter- but they are on the list with that far those far right groups and terrorist organizations. But Deputy Assistant Commissioner Dean Hayden of the UK's Counter Terrorism Policing has released a statement saying legitimate protests are on the group because they they're there to help police and and. Close partners identify and understand signs and symbols they may encounter in their day-to-day working lives, so they know the difference between the symbols of for the many groups they might come across. So it's almost like they're not really there because they're that. That's they're what he not, Yeah, they're not there. They're saying as themselves. Yeah. But I mean, they have a very big anti-fascist element at their support, and it's going to be interesting to see because there's a number of other teams as well, like in London. Dulwich Hamlet, who we talk a lot about on the show, who I was hoping to go and see when I was over, but unfortunately I'm not going to be in London now oh. when, when they're at home. But they've got the the same kind of support and like base and stuff like that yeah. as well. So are they going to feature well, on it? And the thing is, St. Pauli has a lot of uh, groups around the world in that kind of mm-hmm. with them too. So they, I know they have a London, uh, England chapter, UK yep. chapter and stuff like they've that. They've got so. close ties with Celtic as yeah. well and the Green Brigade that's there. So yeah, interesting stuff. Um, now, agents are not happy either. They're furious at FIFA because uh, they uh, plan to cap commissions and they're threatening legal actions. Last September in Zurich, um, the FIFA proposed a plan to limit agents of the selling club to maximum t- 10% of the transfer fee. The global governing body also wants a 3% cap of the player's fee for agents of the blind, buying club, which is confusing me, the wording of it. Uh, but essentially to, to reduce what they have. Um, the World Federation is looking to implement the plans as early as next season, but could now face stern opposition from the agents. Top agent Jonathan Barnett said, FIFA should recognize us as and treat us in a proper manner. The truth is FIFA doesn't know exactly what an agent does. And I don't think anybody really knows that either. Um, FIFA, go ahead. I was going to say, this is one of the the rare times that I would actually say I stand with FIFA in this. <laughs> I'm all for this. Cap them. Yeah, and, and then FIFA is also saying we're aiming for a system of balanced and, un- and reasonable regulation instead of the law of the jungle currently in place Yeah, with conflicts of interest rife and exorbitant commissions being earned left and right. Last year alone, uh, the agents earned a- approximately $653 million US, which is uh, about just under 500 million pounds. Four times more than in 2015. Yep. Captain, 10% max. Stop ripping the players off. Now, Leon, uh, they have, they've, they've protested before, but this, this past week they're protesting because a local chef and, and his, uh, well, passed away local chef and his restaurant lost a Michelin star after a record run. Um, they protested uh, against the local restaurant of late, for the local restaurant of late chef Paul Bocuse, Losing one of its three Michelin stars during one of their last matches, he died recently in January of 2018 at the age of 91. But his restaurant, and I'm going to have a problem with this one, Le Auberge du Pont de Colon, uh, award was awarded. Don't ask me. Yeah, was awarded three stars uh, in 1965, and it re- had a record of 55 years of having that those three stars, which is the highest ranking. And it was recently brought to an end, sparking controversy. In the world of French cuisine, Lyon President Jean-Michel uh, Olas uh, joined the protest in social media. The restaurant has, in the past, provided meals for the club during European competitions. Yeah, because uh, until I'd seen that part of it, I was like, "Why? Are they, why are they protesting?" But there is a but connection. It, there's a there. connection there, and he's. He, but he then was even a, after reading that, I was kind of still like, "Why are they protesting? Have they got anything better to protest about?" But 
it's, a, it's an odd thing to protest, but I thought go on a that's funny go, go on a fun note. Oh, we're finishing on yeah, that. That's it. Oh, Sacre Bleu is about the only French that I know. Well, that was a, a interesting show. Did you learn anything exciting this week, Steve? I learned that when Zach's not here, we get the show done really fast. Yeah, we really <laughs> rattle through it, and it's we're like out of here before what? we're tight. Which is what we've been trying to work on for the last little while. I'm not blaming like, Zach, but it's, no. when you have two people, usually yeah. you do get a little bit faster. In all seriousness, though, we are wanting to get the, the show a bit tighter because we know that I ramble on and then we just end up going over two hours. So we're we're trying to, to work hard this year and getting it a little bit slicker, a little yeah. bit tighter. Just how I like it. Yeah. But that is it for this week's show. So just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online, Steve. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. You can find Zach in his sickbed. But if you want to find him online and not contract the coronavirus, not saying he's got that, but you never know, you can find him on Twitter at Zachary AM. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer, and there might be some interesting UK stuff going up on our Instagram over the next couple of weeks as I'm off on my travels, and on YouTube as well at AFTN Canada. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.